All right, everyone, welcome to the National CMV Foundations podcast. My name is Kalia Fleming, and I am the executive director of the National CMV Foundation. Congenital cytomegalovirus, or CMV, infection is arguably the most common preventable cause of neonatal disability in the United States, affecting approximately 30,000 children per year. So this is why we're here today. This is the focus of our work, and we're super excited to offer this podcast as an example of CMV research and advocacy and scientific advances. So what is the National CMV Foundation for those who may be new, and what is the scope and focus of our work? Glad you asked. So the National CMV Foundation's mission is to prevent pregnancy loss, childhood death, and disability due to congenital cytomegalovirus. We work with women of childbearing age, fathers, community members, and healthcare providers as well in the scope of work to really address congenital cytomegalovirus, to make sure that we provide updated information related to CMV advocacy, education, industry, and scientific advances in the CMV space, bringing congenital cytomegalovirus to the forefront of the conversation. This podcast today is brought to you by Moderna, one of our dear partners. We're super grateful for their support. I have the pleasure of co-hosting today's podcast with one of the foundation's newest members, PMG Awareness. So today's co-host is Cody Stevens with PMG Awareness. Cody, I will turn it over to you to introduce yourself to everyone. All right, well, thank you, Kalia. Um, it's a pleasure to be a part of this. I'm really excited to see how this is going to go. Uh, we're very excited to see and just hear some stories about how, uh, how everything has, has changed for some of our, uh, some of our groups. Uh, if I can say that uh, I am the president and CEO of the PMG Awareness Organization. Uh, PMG is a rare developmental disorder. Uh, it's best explained by, the, I guess, just breaking down the word itself. Um, poly meaning many, micro meaning small, and diarrhea is uh, the folds of the brain. PMG is a condition where the extra folds cause different delays, neurological conditions, and physical disabilities. Uh, the mission of our organization is just to build a community of support uh, that enhances the lives of those affected with polymicrogyria uh, through education, advocacy, promoting awareness. We definitely encourage the idea of partnering with different groups like the National CMV Foundation, Epilepsy Foundation, the Diversity Coalition, and different uh, organizations just like, just like ours that have the same and common core objectives. So I'm definitely excited to hear some of our stories from some of our leaders and uh, to really get this ball rolling. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Thank you, Cody, for that warm introduction. Um, and we'll go ahead and jump in and get started. So we are super excited to have with us an amazing guest today, Tammy Boyd, who is representing the Rare Disease Diversity Coalition. And this is a timely podcast considering that Rare Disease Day is during the latter week of February, and here we are. So we thought this was just a timely and relevant podcast to share information insight related to the coalition and rare disease day in general. So Tammy, thank you for joining us today. For those who may not be familiar with your name or your work or even the rare disease diversity coalition, please introduce yourself to our listeners, introduce yourself and your work and maybe share with us a little bit about what the rare disease diversity coalition is. Yes, thank you. Um, and thank you for your invitation to come today. So my name is Tammy Boyd. I am Chief Policy Officer and Counsel for the Black Women's Health Imperative. Um, we are a national nonprofit organization um, dedicated to advancing health equity and social justice for Black women across, across the lifespan through policy, advocacy, education, research, and um, leadership development. And the Rare Disease Coalition, which is led by um, the Black Women's Health Imperative, 
we launched the Rare Disease Coalition really to address the really the extraordinary challenges faced by rare disease patients of color. Um, this coalition brings together rare disease experts, health and diversity advocates, and in industry leaders to really identify and advocate for evidence-based solutions to, to alleviate the disproportionate burden of rare diseases on communities of color. And so we're really excited as we as we begin um, to prepare for Rare Disease Day. We um, we we time the the launch of the full coalition of the Rare Disease Coalition, Rare Disease Diversity Coalition is a way to commemorate um, Rare Disease Day on February 28th. Awesome, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So share with our listeners, um, you know, this is the launch of the Rare Disease Diversity Coalition. Uh, what was the impetus be behind getting the coalition developed, behind this launch, um, creating a new coalition into space? Um, yes, you know, so, you know, it, it was really, it was really time. I mean, one of the things that we, we looked at at Black Women's Health Imperative was when you, for example, look at sickle cell disease versus say cystic fibrosis, um, the level of funding, there's, there's a clear disparity in funding, although there are more people that are impacted by sickle cell disease. And so that was really one of the reasons why we, we started thinking about um, how do we address many of the challenges and some of the disparities around um, the rare disease, around minorities who um, have rare diseases. Um, but specifically, uh, we also wanted to look at, for example, clinical trial diversity. Um, how many, you know, making sure that minorities are included in clinical trials. I mean, from the COVID-19 vaccine piece, we know how important, although that minorities are disproportionately um, impacted by COVID-19, however, they may not participate in the clinical trials. It's really important for them to participate in those trials so you can really see how their body would react to that. Um, and so um, we wanted to look at cl clinical trial diversity, also delay in diagnosis. Typically it takes three to five years to receive a diagnosis um, of a rare disease. And that is you know, compounded if you are a minority. Um, we also wanted to, to really uh, laser focus on patient and provider engagement. You know, how do we, even on the minority side, how do we make sure doctors are, they even understand what the different rare diseases are and to really educate them about that. Um, but then also to be able to speak to the patients in a culturally sensitive manner. So we, we wanted to look at patient and provider engagement. And then finally, we really wanted to also focus on the policy aspect. How can we sort of create and implement policy around rare diseases? And so we're we're coming out with an um, action paper that we'll be releasing on tomorrow around our recommendations, our action plan for 2021. Um, so we're really excited about um, this action paper to really move the ball forward around equity and rare diseases. Well, that's, that's some good stuff. I like what I'm hearing. I, I tell you, you have a really good way of really trying to explain these focus points. It, it really elaborates on definitely some of the importance. Uh, if you if you can, uh, if you wouldn't mind just discussing some of the significance um, of Rare Disease Day uh, to you and why multicultural communities are critical in the rare disease space. Um, so what is, it's, very, it's definitely critical in terms of, of um, addressing uh, minorities as it relates to rare disease day and really bringing them into the conversation. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're also, I'm part of our, our recommendations, we're utilizing the Orphan Drug Act, which is really the core foundation 
legislation that really helped pharmaceutical companies to begin to invest in rare diseases and to, and to, and to develop rare disease drugs. And so we're, we're also saying we want to use that same legislation, that same foundational document um, as a basis of we can also put incentives around equity to really change the way um, minorities, some of the challenges that minorities may, may experience um, around rare disease. But really commemorating and bringing equity and um, minorities in rare diseases, bringing that conversation to the forefront, we think is a, is a great way to commemorate um, Rare Disease Day. That sounds awesome. And it's really spot on with the uh, updated revised strategic plan of the foundation itself, the National CMV Foundation. We just added a strategic goal, which is really focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Why that matters, particularly in the CMV space where we have noted disparities, as you mentioned. Um, but so many things you said, I really can relate to the need for culturally and linguistically appropriate and relevant interaction and engagement with providers, as well as educational materials and resources. Um, we too have a big focus on healthcare provider education. And so I think that's really gonna be key and pivotal. Um, you know, it's not just educating said providers, but how do you do so in a way that really captures the cultural significance and importance so that the message is transferable, it's relatable. People can understand it and, oh, that really does matter to me and my community or, oh, I really do have a role in a space in that. So I really appreciate you giving voice to that equity piece. Um, because, you know, I've, I've said several times, there's such a difference between equity, equitable, and disparity. And it's something that we really have to understand as we move forward, particularly in the rare disease space, where we already know um, we may not, we being all the rare diseases, may not get the full attention that we need. So I really appreciate you for um, highlighting that. I think you're spot on with where a lot of rare disease organizations may be trying to focus some of their work when we talk about multicultural communities and their significance in the rare disease space. We, we being Cody and I, um, to give some background information for our listeners, we actually developed this particular podcast series of episodes to focus on rare disease organizations in the time of COVID. So we really wanted to learn from our colleagues, our counterparts, what are their organizations doing um, to commemorate or highlight Rare Disease Day? What are they doing in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space? And what have they been doing and are doing in the face of COVID? How have they pivoted? And so Tammy, you've done an amazing job of giving us some really good background on uh, the coalition, the significance of the coalition, why the launch was important. I want us to kind of pivot gears a little bit to just the coalition as a whole, when you think of just organic uh, programming and things like that. The coalition as a whole, I know it's a new launch, uh, but tell us a little bit about plans moving forward in this COVID era. Well, yeah, so COVID definitely has, um, you know, similar to many organizations, We've had to pivot, um, and and I'll say first with Black Women's Health Imperative, one of the, one of the things that we did was that we created, we wanted to get out and really provide reliable um, information to the Black community and specifically Black women. I mean, early on we heard you know 
black women uh, can't get COVID. I'm sorry, the black African-Americans can't get COVID. Um, and it was just several different myths that were going, that were not factual. And so we partnered with the Coalition of 100 Black Women and Ebony Magazine. And we did about six webinars and we did them geographically in Washington. We had the mayor of DC. We had the health director of DC. Uh, we did one in uh, California, North Carolina. Um, we also did like a national webinar to kind of address the national issues. And so we found that to be very effective. I mean, we had, you know, we probably reached about seven, eight, 9,000 women just in six uh, webinars. And so similar in terms of um, the Rare Disease Diversity Coalition, I mean, we, we, we brought together this group of, of key um, leaders. So for example, in the group, we have the American Medical Association, we have the National Medical Association, which is the Black Physicians, we have the Hispanic um, Medical Physicians. Um, we just brought on a new steering committee member um, uh, representing the Native American Physicians. Um, we also have the Asian Pacific um, Allender Health Forum as well, but then also bringing you know, other um, traditional partners, such as Global Genes, Everlife, and Nord to the table. Um, and then we also um, brought on organizations such as, such as the Epilepsy Foundation, they, they've been great partners for us, um, NEFCURE, uh, Sickle Cell Disease Association. And so we, you know, early on, we we really, the one of the ways we pivoted was we created these work groups, we had consistent, um, we had consistent meetings to kind of really kind of do deep dives and like how can we sort of address rare disease and equity. But then because of COVID, telehealth came even more important. And so we, we really just, just um, you know, telehealth has always been here, but because of COVID, now it's a, it, it sort of um, expedited the adoption of, 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 of telehealth and sort of digital transformation. Um, and so even within our policy and our legislative solutions, that is one aspect that we're gonna be concentrating on is how do we provide access? And so even in, in telehealth, um, it sounds great, but you know we want to make sure we're not layering on more complications or more, com more complexity for this community because many um, rare disease patients, minority rare disease patients may be underserved. They may not have access to Wi-Fi or um, things that they could actually for telehealth, you know. Um, and even as we even talk about the vaccine conversation, I mean, that's one of the other areas we're addressing. Um, for vaccines, you know, you have to go online to get your appointment, right? So, you know, making sure there are options where patients um, are, they have access to, you know, all the tools that are, that are out there, you know, that will allow them to survive um, during COVID. And then lastly, I'll say, just to throw this in here, is that we also released, recently released a pandemic guide um, and really to, for black women and how they survive COVID. Um, you know, how, how do you survive and thrive during this time? And we also have, you know, real stories of patients who, who, uh, who have COVID. We also have rare disease patients in there as well, you know, of how they are, how they are surviving during this time. Um, I'll let Cody proceed with the next question, but I definitely want to make sure we have a copy of that guide. I think it would help several folks in the rare disease space. And I do like how um, you're not just working under the umbrella of rare disease, you're also addressing challenges within the rare disease space, right? So, you know, we have this huge rare disease umbrella, but what are the raindrops? So there's access issues, there's equity issues, there's limited funding. And, and you know, that cuts across racial and ethnic lines, but it's something that we need to address, especially when we do note disparities. So 
thank you for highlighting that in your particular line of work in your space. And, and Cody, I'll proceed to you to continue with our question, but I do think it's very pivotal what you said. And I think we all would love to uh, make note of that pandemic, Kai. Cody? Sure, yeah, I tend to agree. You know, and one thing that you really focused on, you really brought light to it, was that in a time, you know, we were all facing COVID in different ways, you know, the the work that we were still really, you know, trying really hard to do behind the scenes. You know, you really gave light to that. Um, you know, I know there are so many different things and different objectives and goals that, that you had and, and, and all of them, all of them are completely valid. You know, each, each, um, you know, each organization, they definitely have their focus points and different things that they're working on. And, and I can honestly say that one of mine and Kalia knows this, we've had plenty of conversations about it, was been the idea of, of partnership and to really understand, you know, what different, you know, partners would be doing, what different potential, you know, potential partnerships we could create and really seeing where things could go. And so, you know, I would like to hear in your own words, uh, just how critical partnership is in the era of COVID right now for, for rare disease organizations. Yeah, I mean, so you have smaller rare disease organizations, you have larger organizations, you have, you know, you also have the industry. And so we just thought we, as we looked, there just didn't seem to be a table where everyone was, you know, all together, um, you know, minority community, the physician community, the patient advocacy community, the the, the um, industry. Um, and so we just thought it was critical to really be a convener and to bring all these groups together and leverage the collective expertise, A, to come up even internally with some of our own solutions again, share best practices among, among each other, but then also to create uh, solutions together utilizing the expertise of all the different members and so during this time I think it's very critical um, that we you know bring all these er different sciences geographic to pave a way forward around the rare and equity disease space. Awesome thank you for that that is important and makes perfect sense to me and so you have all these folks at the table you're getting re ready for this launch we're leading up into rare disease day um, for those who just say, this is really great stuff, how do I learn more? Share just some upcoming events and ideas or activ activities that you all are discussing or have on the table. What can folks look forward to for the Rare Disease Diversity Coalition? Yeah, absolutely. So we, some, uh, February 23rd from 1 to 3 p.m., we kick off our uh, full launch of the coalition. We have great folks, we have a great lineup of speakers. We have Leslie Foster. Um, who's an um, weeknight anchor here in Washington, D.C. on WSA 9, who's going to be our moderator. We're going to have Alonzo Morning. As you know, he had uh, FSGS, which is a, a rare form of kidney disease. Um, also, um, we're going to have um, Congressman G.K. Butterfield, who is the congressman from North Carolina, but he's also the congressional chair, congressional co-chair of the um, Congressional Rare Disease Caucus. Um, and then we are also going to have Marcella Nunez-Smith from the White House. She's the co-chair of the White House COVID Equity Task Force. And so really, we're really excited about bringing these folks together. And most importantly, we're going to have a panel on rare disease patients and talk talk about their different journeys. I mean, we have one young lady who's going to be there. She um, is a minority. She's not African-American. She works for the governor. Um, and 
she will talk about, even for her, it's not necessarily even about financial or lack of insurance, just some of the challenges and the barriers even for her to even receive a diagnosis. When I mean, you would think that someone has all this access, that it would not be you know, a barrier or a challenge, but we'll hear firsthand from her about some of those challenges. So we have just an extraordinary group and a lineup of folks that will be speaking um, on tomorrow. Um, and then after that, we'll have every six weeks, we'll have coalition meetings. And then we'll also continue our work groups where we can develop and folks can do deep dives into particular areas. Sounds great. I'm sure I can speak for both Cody and myself. We are definitely looking forward to continuing this collaboration and partnering and this partnership. Um, I think it's great work that you all are doing. And I'm so, so interested to see CMV and PMG embedded within this work as we definitely move forward. Um, in the rare disease space, cultivating these relationships, strengthening these partnerships, and making sure that we increase visibility and awareness and access for all of our respective rare disease states. And so, um, Cody, is there anything else you wanted to um, ask Tammy um, during the podcast before we adjourn? Well, I, I just, uh, I'm really, I'm, ex I'm excited to see where things go. You know, Kalia really kind of hit it on the head. She kind of took the words out of my mouth, so now I stutter a bit. But uh, no, it's just, it's really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how things go. I definitely know that, uh, you know, moving on, you know, we're going to look forward to seeing the different events and activities that are going on. It definitely sounds like you have quite a cast that's going to support you guys, and which is super exciting. Um, I, I guess the main thing that I want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity uh, to get a hold of through this podcast is where they can find you guys online, where, you know, whether it be past, current, or upcoming events are, like where they can find them online, and how they can follow up with you guys for more information, because I definitely feel like this is going to be really inspiring work. So definitely take the time to, to give us all your contact information uh, here with the uh, website, and uh, any final things you want to throw out there, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Yes, absolutely. So first thing I would say is to go to um, we have a website. It's uh, rarediseasediversity.org. Um, that is our website. You can find out how to get involved. Also, if you want to join the coalition, um, that is also a place to join the coalition as well. My name is Tammy Boyd. Um, I can be reached at tboyd, T-B-O-Y-D, at bwhi.org. Um, but the rarediseasediversity.org is, is, is the best way to get in touch with us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tammy, for your time today. Thank you for sharing the resources. Thank you for updating us on what's coming down the pipeline. And thank you for generating ideas in our head. I know for Cody and myself, as far as how we can um, become involved in the actual coalition, I'm going to share this information back with our respective communities. And so, again, I just thank you for your time. Thank you, Cody, so much for agreeing to be um, a co-host for this series, but also for just coming on board as a National CMB Foundation partner as part of our CMB Partnership Alliance. So I'm grateful for your vision for this podcast. Thank you for co-hosting. Thank you again, Tammy, for your time. To all of our listeners, we appreciate you taking the time to um, listen to our podcast, to learn more, and to share it with others. Thank you all so much and have a phenomenal day.